0: Greetings, program. Hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 70. I am your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my zesty, cultured, and enthusiastic (laughs) guest co-host, Adam Liebrich-Johnson. Welcome, Adam.
1: Greetings, program.
0: Greetings, greetings. Uh, Now, you joined us way back for minutes 19 to 21, way back in the day. Yeah, and I can barely remember that at this point. That's, that was a long yeah, time ago.
1: That was a long time ago.
0: So uh, why don't you refresh our listeners and tell us a, a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I am uh, I am a uh, musician and I work in uh, information technology or IT. I'm the guy that fixes your network. Uh, in my off time, I play trombone and sing. Uh, and uh, that's about all there is to it, aside from the fact that I'm a huge freaking nerd.
0: that's awesome yeah this is uh this is a great movie and uh and that's really cool what you do you've come to the rescue of many a people yep and have have i turned it on and off again uh i say yes but i didn't actually but you can tell that you know do that (laughs) but do that yeah it's like i i guess like most people i thought oh that's just uh uh, something that you tell people to buy yourself another five minutes, and it's like, well, no, actually, if you turn it off and on again, like fifty percent of the problems that you were experiencing do tend to go away. It's like magic. I don't know, it's magic to me, anyway. Uh, let's see. So, do you remember the first time that you saw Tron? Did we go over that last time? Do you?
1: Remember I, I think so. And no, I, I I don't remember the first time I saw it because it's it's always sort of been a part of my life uh my dad worked on it and he he's very proud of what he did on it.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: He did uh, sound design for it and uh, and uh, worked on the post-product post-production audio. Awesome. And uh so you know, it it's always been we, we've always had a poster of it in our in our house because of that. Cool.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh like but the I, original the- like the ind- like I can like the the one where he's where Tron standing with his hand up.
1: Yeah, sort of uh, sort of looks like the Star Wars poster.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow, that's super cool. That's wild. the heated sound design for it, because sound is such an important part of this movie. There's like the soundtrack, but all of the different sort of bleeps and bloops and footsteps and uh, all this like the sound design in this movie as I've been going through it, has just really been fantastic. So I'm really glad to hear that. That's cool. It's good to be reminded of that. That's wild that you've got that personal connection. I, to I
1: believe he worked with uh, you know Wendy Carlos recording the uh, the score as well, but I, I could be wrong with that about that. No, that's awesome.
0: It's great to have uh, uh, somebody on the show that like has that connection to it. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, and I suppose lots of uh, lots of IT people have a, a, a strong sentimental streak for this film. I'd imagine. Like, do do some of your like workers know about Tron and and have a, a similar well, sort I'm, of? Well, i
1: I work for a very small department uh, company, so I'm a department of one. Okay, cool. But uh, but I, I I I do sometimes watch this movie and think wow, they got some parts of this really right and some parts of this
0: really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yes, and some parts of it are like, what, uh, where, where where, are you going with this? What's happening right now? Yeah. What's the well, metaphor here? Like the whole here idea exactly. that
1: programs are, are semi-autonomous things, you know, existing together and talking with each other and stuff doesn't really jive with what what the inside of a computer actually is but it's a good it's a good metaphor
0: it's a good metaphor but it is it does harken back to the original concept of the film was that there were literally we had literally created ai yeah and we're getting our ai slaves to go around and do stuff for us. back
1: when it was supposed to be an animated film right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so this is kind of like you know the ai stuff got is now sort of
1: insinuated
0: rather than outright stated and now it's like a metaphor for programs which doesn't make sense for them talking to each other for sure but all right so what happens in this minute dumont gets pretty dang sassy with sark while tron and yori climb aboard the solar sailor and tron fights off some guards so this minute starts with dumont giving an extremely smug smile to sark as sark stands in front of him at the top of the dais and it cuts to it cuts to Stark, who I always want to call Stark. Like, it's so hard to say Stark. Uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, "Where's the program?" And this is some gold here because like it's, it's Bernard Hughes and David Warner doing a great like dueling banjos moment of being great actors in like ridiculous yeah. costumes, but they're actually selling it. And I'm like, oh, what a great face off this is, you know? It's really and cool. I, like,
1: yeah. I I never got the connection between Dumont and uh Walter Gibbs until now. Oh that they're the same guy? Yeah, and it it makes perfect sense cuz you know Gibbs was the the founder of Encom and he gets fired at the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, or he gets and, almost uh, he, yeah, he gets put uh, in his place or whatever.
1: And and I I think Dumont reflects that in that he is sort of immobile and stuck to his uh, his platform there.
0: Yeah, and he used to be in a position of fantastic power. He used to be yeah. like the archbishop gatekeeper to all communication with the outside world. And now it's like, well, so what? You're, you know, a but, dusty relic in an empty room.
1: Yeah, but you know, it also rif- uh, uh, reflects that he's a sort of a more primitive version of these programs because he is just sort of rooted to one spot. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. Like I thought that was more like he was part of the framework like he's part oh, of that, the literal that, like, wired into the yeah like he's got so much power uh that he's is burdened by it that he's like uh like the actual you know like somebody webbed to the wall in the Aliens yeah. movie like he's he's part of the hive to the point that he, he can't he can't move but I didn't I didn't ever take it as because he was an earlier more primitive program uh that's why he's sort of more stodgy and and uh, bulbous and huge yeah. and uh and rooted in space almost like one of those original computers that was like yeah 20, 25 megs of space but it took up like a an apartment <laughs> you know like, yeah, exactly
1: whatever. and you know he, he's sort of been superseded by the mcp at this point
0: yeah that's right Oh, I love that. That's a great take on it, for sure. Yeah, because he'd, he'd obviously be one of the first programs that had ever come into the into the mainframe, into the grid here, if he was part mm-hmm. of the founders, right? Oh, yeah. That's really cool. And I like, uh, like, I can't picture Barnard, and I can't picture anybody else doing uh, these roles. You know, like, I know that some other people were up for it, but I remember this quote from the author, uh, Neil Gaiman, he said, uh, I may not be the best writer or the fastest writer or the most nuanced or deep author out there, but I am the most Neil Gaiman author out there. No one writes like Neil Gaiman better than I do, <laughs> you know, and that really stuck with me. And I remember that quote when I see scenes like this, because I can't picture anybody else besides Barnard Hughes and David Warner doing these roles.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, David Warner is just so good at
0: being a slimy villain. <laughs> yeah, he just knows how to not let the smile reach his eyes. He knows how to like in these lines here, you know, he's just like, where's the program? And you, the 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 barely held in check fury, yeah, <laughs> you know that's boiling beneath the surface. And then when he just whispers
1: the take him
0: yeah, take him. you know <laughs> it's this wonderful, you know, this rage that uh you know you just like these rules could vary. Like, they own these roles in a movie that could very easily have been an embarrassing failure. Right? With the with the with the costumes and the, the roll of the dice on the, on the, how they wanted to make it look and all the stuff they invented just to make it possible. Uh, I like mean, this Sark's
1: costume is ridiculous. It's
0: ridiculous, but at <laughs> that the same time, the helmet is the
1: dumbest looking thing, but it works perfectly.
0: <laughs> it's so cool. It's like so cool. It's some. It's somehow sort of slingshots around its own cheesiness and comes back into cool. Like there's something about it, and that's the strength of the design work. Is it's. It's obviously cardboard and uh and somebody take you know, as Tyler Wilson said, it looks like somebody took apart a sleeping bag and stitched it back together and made it into his costume
1: you know yeah, but some, you paint some fluorescent lines on it and it looks really cool and bang you know there
0: you are so that's uh it's really cool and there the, the movie really shines because of their their commitment and talent and so Dumont innocently asks mock. What program? Like, so smug. Like, just totally rubbing Sark's nose in it. Yeah, like, it, that's could, such
1: a classic interrogation scene.
0: It, it is, right? Like, Sark could pull out a gun right now and shoot Dumont, and Dumont would die happy, you know? it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't it's know if he'd die like, happy, but he'd die well, he, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't die happy. Yeah, maybe happy's not the right uh, the right <laughs> turn. But it was kind of like, it kind of reminded me of the scene in uh, Dark Knight when the Joker is laughing at Batman as Batman yeah. beating him. You know, he's saying, you have nothing to threaten me with. Nothing to do with all your strength. And you know, it's maybe not that intense of a scene, but that kind of like Dumont really looks like the cat that swallowed the canary here and he doesn't care what's in store for him because it was all worth it. You know. And it reminds me again of there's this through line in this movie about uh, you know, missionaries or or soldiers that are like so focused, you know, or or just people that are driven to do something for a cause that they feel is greater than their own life. Yeah. He's helped Tron, and now, even if his life is forfeit, he doesn't care. So he sort of has the the freedom to sass Sark just as much as he wants, you know. Or like in, uh, what's it, Aliens, when the company man Paul Reiser, when they say they should take off and nuke the site from orbit, um, you know, Paul Reiser's like, whoa, whoa, this installation has a substantial dollar value attached to it. And, <laughs> and Rip, Ripley says, they can bill me, you know, like, like, the idea of utter financial ruin back on Earth after this mission doesn't even matter remotely to her. Like, it, like in that moment, you know, the endless litigation or imprisonment or starvation doesn't give her a second's pause because this is saving the universe. Like, this is way more important than than all that. So you sort of have that here with uh, with Dumont as he's being carted uh, or as he's being interrogated. Here, he's just the yep. the smug smile on his face is classic, classic right. Bernard mm.
1: Hughes. Like Tron, Dumont fights for the users.
0: He does, he does. He fights for the users and communication. You know, between uh, between programs and their users. So we cut back to Sark and David Warner says nothing, just leveling a a malevolent stare at Dumont. He's fuming, and I love his expression here. It's kind of it's like when Christopher Walken goes quiet and gives you know (laughs) his his stare. You know, he's just standing. He's just standing there, not doing like anything but he is obviously just furious <laughs> you know and it's it's such great acting and then like yeah like you're saying this is where he says take him and his whole body flares this bright red and mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's just awesome
1: yeah it's a great uh it's a great melding of the of the acting and the visual effects there
0: yeah yeah because you see it uh you see it from time to time their bodies will uh will sort of pulse in time with their emotions, but I think this is one of the like one of the most extreme examples if you see him just go up like a Christmas tree when he's like, Get him out of here You know? Mm. Uh, I was just it sort of made me wonder like, can you imagine if we had color coded body lights like that, you know? <laughs> like I know yeah. we, we like we blush and stuff like that, but what if we went like bright green for disgust or yellow for joy or you Still. know
1: Mood ring outfit, yeah, yeah, like
0: a mood ring, a mood ring skin, you know. And if it was involuntary, you know, that would be a whole different, uh, a whole different society, you know. You have like, I don't know, people walking around that. I don't know. It would be just. It would be a whole different, uh, a whole different thing. There's a little bit explored in the deleted scene of. Uh, there's a deleted scene of Tron and Yori hooking up in her apartment, mm-hmm. uh, and they touch each other, and uh, they change colors when they touch each other. You know, but that, but that's sort of they cut that. I think for obvious reasons, you can't have programs hooking up. That's like okay, that's too much. That's too far. That's too yes. far. Yes, save that talking, for the sequel. Yeah, talking to each other is uh, is 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 a lot, but uh, actual. Well, and, and, you
1: know, romantic involvement between programs just raises a whole lot more questions than it answers oh the can of worms that it opens
0: yeah you're like well what what but then well then there's this question and this question and this question and like are there little kid programs you know and like what are we you know what are we what are we doing but it would be cool to have more of that sort of color theory explored in future tron installments yeah because in the tron legacy was a bit more austere, like they still had, uh, they didn't go totally right angles and robots with it, but mm-hmm. it was black and white. You know, they had some, they had some, they had the red, they had the blue, and the crowd shots in the arena. I think there was some like a bunch of different colors, you know. But you didn't really have that bright green, you know, bright blue, bright red, bright yellow. Like a whole bunch of different, uh, a whole bunch of different colors. And I think that's something that I wouldn't mind seeing in the future. yeah that would be cool you know you know maybe i like i also like the idea of uh you know like what was it flynn's bike and legacy it was the white bike and it left a white trail i think and i'd like to i would like to see what a black bike leaving a black trail would be like you know like like a like a black light purple Trail, you know, like some anti-trail kind of
1: thing. Sort of like the uh the dark saber from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Like the dark saber action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. This negative space thing. You're like, whoa, don't touch it. I don't know what that is, but do not touch it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, the guards walk up the dais. The, the guards walk up the dais to uh take Dumont. And yeah, where are they going to take him to? Where are they going to take him? I remember when I saw this in the theater, I was like. So how exactly are they gonna take it? Do they have like their even... uh, they have their uh,
1: their screwdrivers with them to unbolt them from the floor?
0: I'd love to see one of them like get the starter out to the blowtorch. You know that shink shing, shing, shink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like here we go. Yeah. Like I don't even know. And he looks like he he looks bolted to the floor, and he looks like he weighs about three tons. You know, like, and I'm not mm-hmm. even sure he has internal organs or a body anymore like i don't know if this I, is a sh- a shell or like a suit or is he welded into it or is he i always thought of it a, like, like a sphinx yeah that's what that was the uh that was the sort of concept conceptual design for him in some of the original documents was they they describe him as a, a sphinx like so
1: because he, he, so. he does sort of you know give them a riddle
0: yeah oh yeah he does and a strange <laughs> prayer you know like yeah he almost yeah he's one step away from saying you know i hold everybody's face but not my own what am i you know or something something like that to like gain entry or if there was yeah. another one of them saying
1: i never tell the truth
0: oh yeah I never lie <laughs> oh man two dumas with the i never lie action that'd be pretty cool yeah and it wouldn't have been out of place right it wouldn't have been out of place no and then they uh but they cut away before they can um yeah fire up the welding torch or get out the jaws of life or whatever they're gonna do oh there was a there's a there's a, a scene in the screenplay then in, in a just a couple minutes ago where after tron comes out of the communication bell uh dumont stands up <clears throat> he like stands up out of the out of the his little his little pit or whatever he's in and he has like Big shoulder pads and uh like wings and stuff like that, and he's like, you know, go get him drawn you know, and th- so now he's ambulatory now he can walk around, but that was like a whole other costume that they decided to like
1: they said uh, not to build we're not going to build it for 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 two seconds of screen time or whatever uh, that's okay, I kind of like him better as this sort of uh you know antiquated lump on the on the uh, on the grid,
0: yeah, because he's kind of got that you know when protesters are carried away, they're told to just go dead weight just be floppy because it's really hard to carry a body that's just uh you know floppy like that you know you can just you're you're sliding out of people's hands so he's kind of got that you know like when they take him i can just see him going uh yeah guys take me (laughs) Yeah, give give about it a two shot. Two tons
1: of cold rolled steel. See what happens. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, guys, on three. Nope, still two. Oh, maybe get some more guards. You know, you're just about <laughs> there. You're going for it. You know, yeah, that would be that would be a fun scene. But maybe a little too comedic for the. Uh, for so then we cut to the 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 giant hangar door, and it's got this yeah. this gray featureless door on the front of it, and there's a there's a solar sailor door.
1: Yeah, that hangar looks like it's one of the. F- uh, one of the the fully CG uh, scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it is because this is yeah because you see it interact. You know, it's not just uh, static with like a flashing yeah. red light on it or whatever. And, and I believe sh-
1: yeah. I believe the interior is a matte painting.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not sure we've seen a hangar from the outside before. And I and I we see the other hangar beside it. So I guess there's at least two solar sailors. I yeah. imagine, or I can't really. Uh, I don't really know if there's a fleet of them or or what the deal is, but yeah, inside there's a a really really nice matte painting there. I guess you'd call it a matte painting. I'm I'm not entirely sure because some of the paintings were digital and some of them were were matte. Yeah, paintings.
1: I think that this one this one looks like it's it's hand painted because the, yeah. the 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 quality of the 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 solar sailor itself kind of looks looks like that has that airbrushed kind of finish to it. Yeah. And then no. I, I think the, uh, the the Rising platform is also hand-animated.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of stuff in there that's very rigid, but was hand-animated. Uh, like, a, a lot of it. It's kind of like the, um, the prevalent CG in Fury Road. People yeah. are like, oh, it was just all stunts. It was like, no, almost every shot had CG in it. But it was just really well done and you get that here in Tron too there was like way more hand animation than people get
1: yeah and then for a lot of it they used uh like wireframes as a reference and then animated over it yeah
0: yeah that's right
1: and then yeah. uh there, there there's only i think about 15 minutes of, of pure cg in the whole movie yeah yeah and
0: some of those minutes are coming up the, a lot like uh the lion's share of them i think are in the light cycle race and this solar sailor chase that's uh that's about to kick off so that's uh that's pretty exciting so we, we cut inside and Tron and Yuri are running around inside the hangar. And I love in this painting, this map painting here, the grids of light on the walls. It's yeah. like they're running inside a place with like massive skylights and the moon is shining down on a clear night or they're in a greenhouse or something like that. Yeah, that's really cool. And so Yuri and Tron, uh, oh, and then they come to a stop on one of the floor tiles and an outline of the tile races around the perimeter of it as it activates and starts to rise. And it's an elevator with no safety railings—a very dangerous elevator. <laughs> and uh, well, we the, see there's we, there, there's no that?
1: safety railings on the uh, on the solar sailor except in the cockpit either.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. It's a kind of an unsafe world that they have yeah. up here. I you think there'd be at least some
1: force fields or something that were keeping them all in place. But uh oh, well, I wonder what they're using to calculate their fall damage because like you, you know, you could play a game like Doom which came out later than this and take yeah. no fall damage.
0: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you could do that. You just like float down or not take much damage. We see oh, and we see the shot from above as they rise and we can see the tiles on the floor in the background have a lot of strange shapes and small rectangles within the tiles. Almost like they all have specific functions that light up when you stand on them, or they've got mm-hmm. shelves of tools below them, or something. Like this is a solar sailor hangar garage, but I never noticed that all the all the tiles have weird shapes to them. So it's almost like, you know, whatever you need can just come up out of the floor while you're working on it. Uh, yep. And I wonder if that's part of the design thing. But then, uh, yeah, the music kicks in. Light Sailor by Wendy Carlos.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic cue
0: this is where it starts to really kick off and oh my gosh it's
1: it's really great at building tension through this whole scene because oh yeah there's not much tension in the scene by itself
0: no there's uh there's not too much tension in fact there's a bit of a comedic beat here as the as the square tile rises uh yori appears to have done this hundreds of times but in this moment, I think I remember getting a laugh when I first saw it in the theater or my dad laughed or something like that because Tron goes to walk over to the edge and Yori grabs his arm saying, stay close. And mm-hmm. because they're, you know, like it looks like Tron is just going to walk right off the edge like he doesn't understand height, you know, but Yori grabs him like he's a five-year-old or something and pulls him back. Yeah, and Because I guess because they're filming on a flat black stage it kind of looks like he's about to just go for a stroll like not peek yeah. over the like not peek over the edge right and that's probably just a, a side effect of them being comped into the scene without having them actually stand on a yeah on a on a, on a pillar or whatever and I, I guess they're probably lowering the camera to get this shot not raising the actors you know because they're or else uh, they've just taken their image and are they're moving them around but then tron's like Oh, I see. You want a hug, and, and goes in for like a <laughs> a little snuggle. And it's kind of, to be honest, it's almost like he's had a few drinks in this scene. You know, like he's like, "No, Tron, she's not. You know, she's not saying hug me. She's trying to get you to knock walk, not walk off the edge of the platform <laughs> to your death. Like, holy moly, <laughs> it's
1: pretty." He's he is the uh, the same sort of awkward as Alan. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, the programs reflect their uh, their users.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw him as kind of uh a little dopey in this scene, but I guess yeah, he's also just kind of like Oh, you 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 want to uh you want to kiss? No? Oh, you oh, you don't. Oh, 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 okay. Like he's kind of got that yeah, that kind yeah. of that kind of Alan awkwardness. Yeah, for sure. I see that. Yeah, like you put him in in battle and he's he's got it locked in. You know, he's the best warrior in the grid, but try to put him in a a romantic conversation and he has like no idea how to how to explore those waters i like that idea that's a good one makes me like uh like tron a bit more because as he's been he's been doing a few things like that and uh it's been kind of taking the edge off my uh, hero worship of tron as i've been Mm -hmm. delving deep into this into this movie so we see a wider shot of the underside of the hovering solar sailor and there's a big square shaped hole in the bottom of the main cabin that's the perfect size for the square tile they're on. So Yori points up at it. And I imagine if anything's hanging over the edge, it just gets snipped off. You yeah. Know, as they as they go up there. Oh, you know, like uh it was one of the things my dad's father lost his uh his leg that way actually when he was like
1: nineteen. Oh, that's not fun.
0: No, that's not fun. Sorry, it's kind of a random random thing to throw yeah. in there.
1: But there's elevator. a bit of a uh, visual discontinuity here. Oh, yeah. Because when they rise up into the, the solar sailor, they're in the center of the platform. Oh, okay. and then when they switch to the, the the overhead shot, they're on the edge of the platform.
0: Yeah, they are. They're in a whole
1: different place. Oh, well, what can you do? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're filming all this on, you know blocks in a uh, uh on a uh, in a sound stage as opposed to actually having the set there so yeah and in, on different days maybe they were on and different days yeah and it you know it's a very early uh, you know it's not like uh, the Avengers where you know every everything is rigidly uh mapped out as to, in terms of continuity this is they are doing stuff in this movie they've never done before
0: yeah, they don't like now it's down to uh, cliche science like they've they're just like they've got it all mapped out, but this was all first time stuff so definitely so they they go up into the cabin of the solar sailor and they come out on top of the main control deck and yori says if i can get us if i can just get us on a scanning transport beam this solar sailor simulation will take us across the game sea out of this domain back into the central computer and this is one of those you know this is a line that joins the long list of yeah sure sounds good a what don't you say
1: techno babble uh, uh, and an info dump and, uh, and exposition
0: yeah. all in one? Exactly. Like, I'm sure Cindy Morgan was like, well, those sure are words. You know, like that's, that's <laughs> the, are, the are...
1: game C is particularly funny to me. It's a cause... real,
0: yeah. I like the concept of it. But it raises questions. Like I'm like, are those all aquatic games? Are they like underwater <laughs> levels in Donkey Kong and Mario and Sonic and stuff like that? Is there like a Tron surfing and boat racing? Suddenly, I want to <laughs> see more like more water sports in the Tron world. You know, <laughs> light boat. It's light, light <laughs> <laughs> boat. Yeah. Oh man, that would be so cool. You know. And also back to the main computer. I'm like, well, I thought this was all happening in the mainframe. Are they in a different network? Or, I mean, that, that,
1: that's entirely possible <laughs>
0: all right you know like i guess maybe they'd be like yeah like an uh like a network within the building i suppose they're going from computer to computer i think yeah i think, I, yeah, I think the
1: mcp would want to keep uh the game grid stuff separate from his uh, his regular operations
0: oh i imagine so yeah yeah i think this film like legacy sort of suffers from a vague definition of where they actually are like it's not super important, but it would lesser it would lessen the confusion to know exactly why like the parameters of where they can travel. But I, I get the impression that maybe even the writers at the time didn't even like fully know.
1: Yeah, this is you know, this is the part. You know, this is one of those parts where they uh, they don't really totally nail how computers work.
0: Yeah, definitely. What's cool about this scene though that I really like is that um, Cindy Morgan's dad. Uh, yori the actress who plays uh, yori she uh his her dad was an audio engineer and that's what cindy morgan was going to be until she found out that you know she could make some money through modeling and then she got into acting after that but here in this scene as her and tron run around to the main control panel of the solar sailor in real life she's just looking at a black piece of wood with black velvet glued to it they're like she didn't know what she was supposed to do, but the direction was like, just make it look like you know what you're doing and we'll fill in the controls later in post going by your, the, uh,
1: the Star Trek method. The Star Trek <laughs> method. Yeah,
0: we'll <laughs> fill it in later. And so she remembered the huge audio mixing decks in a recording studio that she'd had tons of experience with and she just pretended she was operating one of those. And I oh, yeah, think it, it
1: looks like it looks like she's moving faders and stuff.
0: Yeah, it looks it looks pretty convincing, right? You know, she's you know yeah. t- touching buttons and stuff, and she looks like she's yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's actually doing something with intent. Uh, we and the a, the
1: graphics for that control panel are great.
0: They're pretty good, right? I kind of wish that like the the graphics for the dashboard in Sark's cruiser. You know, they've got like the big chevrons and the little pictograms of like a yeah. light bike and they've got all this stuff. And so it's very, very different in design wise from uh from this dashboard here. This dashboard here actually has a whole bunch of little uh sliders and controls and dials on it. It looks more like uh like a functional like a functional uh dashboard.
1: Well and this uh this simulation was probably created by Laura whereas opposed whereas the uh the carrier was created by by uh what's his name? David Warner. You know this Yeah.
0: yeah. Dillinger, yeah.
1: Dillinger, that's
0: that's right. That's right, Dillinger, get me Dillinger. Uh, so we get a closer shot of the outside of the hangar, and an and an orange beam stabs out from it or into it. I'm not. It it just kind of it comes on so quick, you can't really tell. But we got a. I think it's a,
1: into a, it because if because when they cut back to inside, it's not there.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then it comes through as the door opens. So I guess it's going then, into it
1: that ripple across the surface of the door is great too.
0: So cool. Like that, that ripple of shock from its focal point. And that was one of the first times in like, I think in the history of cinema where you got to see like a computer generated ripple like that. And you're so used that, that door looks so solid. I really remember going, "Whoa, Whoa, Whoa, what was that? That was, that was so cool. You know, and we get a, we get a shot from inside the hangar as a solar sailor, as an, as an X starts to form on the doors in front of them. And then from the center of the X, the beam of energy jumps out and hits the solar sailor in the nose. It lights up four tips of the sails and they send four, four beams back to the main drive of the solar sailor. And then the beam continues out the exhaust port and the hangar door starts to open and the X formation gets rounded edges on it, which is kind of cool.
1: And yeah, uh, it's really uh, it's, it's really actually fairly complex uh, CG for the, for the time. Really complex CG for the time, very much. Because so. doing 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 uh, straight lines and curves and stuff is, uh, you know, this 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 stuff took forever, and you they couldn't do any sort of previs or anything. They yeah, they, you know, they had to program program it and then wait for it to, to come out and then see if they got it right. And you know, m- many days sometimes to render even a, a simple scene like this.
0: Yeah, you'd see a lot of these instances where the dailies were were them seeing it for the first time. You know, we're them seeing, well, what let's see if this works and you can't really call them dailies because it's like we did this work three weeks ago. Now we're yeah. seeing it for the first time. Fingers crossed that it turned out <laughs> you know, yep. like that's really uh that's really filmmaking on the edge. There just must have been ten months of incredible tension for everybody. But still I guess joy in seeing good results. I guess that's like making mm-hmm. any movie though see uh yeah and it's it's cool to see how this door opens and how the beam powers up the solar sailor in fact in here i was thinking it might be more appropriate to call it a ferry since it seems to be dependent on this beam to pull it along you know but there's still i mean those are sails those are big definitely big sails i guess you could say the energy beam is like a controlled air current or something like that too I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's
1: sailing on light because it's a solar sailor.
0: There you go. Sure, yeah. It's a light sailor. Okay, you're right. I take it all back. It's not a ferry. It's a A sailor sailor, solar sailor. So Yuri fires up the controls in the launch sequence, and uh, wouldn't you know it, it turns out there's guards on board the solar sailor. Oh my gosh. And they're running towards Tron down the long, skinny walkway of the, the neck or the waist of the solar sailor. I don't know how they got there. I don't know if they were laying in ambush, or did they they take a super slow elevator up to the back end without being seen? You know, but there's no time.
1: I'm not sure where they come from.
0: They just kind of appear. And there's no time to worry, though. Tron says, look out, and sprints forward to take them on while they're still on the skinny bridge.
1: Tron gives a great uh, chest kick to that first one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nice, a good, solid, yeah, a good, solid, uh, a good, solid chest kick. That's right. And you can hear there's a little sound. There's a little go, whoop. Like, uh, like the, yeah, it's like uh, a
1: little video game sound,
0: yeah, yeah the Pac man sort of uh like Pac man just ate a ghost or something like that, and then the guard falls off you can re- and you can really see the black outlines around everyone in this action scene, like you can in all the yeah. in all the ones where there's like lots of motion because the uh, whenever somebody yeah, starts but... moving, they blur a bit, and it's it's uh, hard to mat that out,
1: yeah, and it's also you know it's also you know light colored costumes against a light background,
0: yeah, that too, yeah, yeah. It's not like a really dark, dark night sky background or anything like that. So he, uh, he kicks that first guard off, then he runs up to the next guard, also a big one who has one of those rainbow electric staffs. The guard goes in for a poke, but Tron sidesteps and grabs the staff using its leverage to twist to the side. The guard doesn't let go of the staff and is thrown off balance off the side. And it's a yep. little hard to tell, but it sounds like we might have a modified Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream here. Maybe
1: not though. I think it's just a it's just a scream, and this is yeah. uh, this is really dumb fight choreography. It's so dumb. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. It's, it's 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 all like super slow, and nobody's actually doing anything that resembles actual fighting. Well, we're
0: spoiled these days for fight choreography. Oh yeah, like, that's
1: true. I mean, you know this this is you know not that long after. Uh, stuff like the you know the kirk double fist punch and yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the axe handle, the old uh the old axe handle the, Or you know the the the, the karate chops from uh, detective shows and all that sure. kind of stuff. It's just, yeah. But yeah. But it's still even even by those standards this is pretty dumb fight choreography. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't
0: come across the way that it was uh initially uh conceptualized for sure as we when Like we were, if
1: they even if even if they just sped it up a little bit I think it would look better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's very much yeah, it's, it's clumsy. It's kind of like, did you ever see, uh, what was it? There was a Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Garner, yeah. and I've their... seen it, but I don't remember it. Oh man, you got to go back and watch their fight scene in the playground. I mean you don't have to because it's it'll 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 scar you and it'll ruin whatever good memories you have of that movie. <laughs> but it's it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. The wire work, they're just like floating in the air and lazily kicking each other. And you know that they worked really hard for six months on choreography to try to make it look believable. And at the time I don't remember it being an awful fight. But looking at it now, after the the amazing fights we get in like the Marvel movies and, and, and some of the stunts in Fury Road and stuff like that. You're just like, wow, this is, this is hot garbage. This is really, this really does not come across as, as good stuff. So I think it's hard to look at a fight scene like this and, uh, and, and, and see it with 1982 eyes anymore. Cause <laughs> it really yeah. is. It really, well, I don't know, maybe, I think at the time I remember it was kind of a weak, uh, a weak fight as well. So what do I know?
1: Yeah well, and then the, the the next one you know where he throws the staff at the at the next two. Yeah. And then the, the one of them just sort of rolls off.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and I know we'll find out something about that one, but it it just seems like why does he just roll off after getting a staff thrown at him?
0: Yeah, and it's weird cuz one of the one of those guys is running at him with his identity disc held over his head like a like a tomahawk or something like he like, <laughs> And
1: then it just sort of flies off screen. Uh,
0: yeah, it just kind of pink bonk. It just you know, like this is probably the biggest example of those are obviously plastic Frisbees because it's just like yep. flippity-doop, kind of falls off. And I'm not sure what he was going to do with it, though. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, that uh, that second program who falls off. Hey, that second program who's dangling off the edge, who didn't fall all the way off, he seems to be wearing a sash across his shoulder.
1: Yep. That's yeah. Weird. I wonder
0: who that could be. That's weird. Yeah. So that sort of takes us up to the end of the minute. We get... Uh, to go over the differences between the screenplay and the novel, um, the fight scene's totally different. Like in the novel, Tron fights off like 50 guards. You know, he throws, and he's, he's throwing his disc into the bottleneck, you know, like derezzing two or three guards at a time before wading in with his hands and his feet, just grabbing weapons and calling on all of his battle training in this huge, like, 300 moment like he's throwing people off the bridge left right and center Uh, and i can see why they couldn't afford to go that way but it would have been a a a nice action scene if they had been able to really nail it you know and then in uh in the screenplay when tron and yori first see first see the sailor tron says can it carry us and yori says the design is good we don't know why the user abandoned this project which sort of seems to apply that I it, it mean, it implies that either all solar sailors or just this one are being mothballed, which sort of explains the lack of security, I guess. But
1: it seems like uh, something at a, at a corporate level that they'd be uh, just not uh, that concerned about carrying on because it, it, I'm sure Dillinger wouldn't see the profit in it.
0: Yeah. Right. Like this isn't a military program or whatever. I'm or, not entirely a hit video game or something. Or a, like yeah. Or a hit video game. And but I always thought that this particular solar sailor was the one we saw earlier that Yori was working on for the MCP. So I'm not exactly sure if this is the same one or if it's a different
1: one. Maybe the other ones in that other hangar.
0: Yeah, maybe. And there's a, there's a swarm of guards again, but they're coming up. Like this is when the ship is still attached to the hangar, so the guards the mystery of where the guards are coming from is the guards are coming up the catwalks in the hangar that are still attached to the solar sailor. So they're coming up like from the ground up flights of stairs onto the solar sailor, which is why you can have like a hundred guards sort of funneling into the, into the short little bottleneck there for the fight, which is, I mean, it makes more sense than having a battalion just hiding on the ship <laughs> and, and, and on this very tiny ship and having, you know, Tron and Yori just like not notice. But, uh, but who knows maybe they had cloaking devices or something they they got all all kinds of stuff but yeah so that that's the difference between the um the novel and the screenplay i can really see that that big fight though with like a whole bunch of guards getting uh getting taken Yeah, that, that, that would
1: be a, i think a little more fun than uh what we got yeah but also probably a lot harder to film and a lot more expensive
0: uh yeah considering i think they had like six guards they're like okay yeah and if you you
1: know if you're painting all the uh glowing lines on them by hand that that would take a while
0: yeah for sure yeah it probably could have been done but i think they wisely were like we have we got to spend our effort in other places (laughs) all right so i guess that uh that takes us to the end do you want to tell people where they can uh, find you if they want to get in touch with Mm you
1: sure if you want to see me uh on twitter you can follow me at uh big bass bone that's b-i-g-b-a-s-s-b-o-n-e because you know i play bass trombone mm-hmm. um if you want to check out uh my band uh the poxy boggards that's at that's poxyboggards.com that's uh, p-o-x-y-b-o-g-g-a-r-d-s dot com we sing very blue dirty folk music nice and uh we've got a new album coming out uh, later this year uh, in just uh i don't know when this will come out but it should be coming out uh, sometime uh, mid-march
0: awesome it just occurred to me now. Have you ever done an album called "Folk the Police"? <laughs> no, we have not.
1: Although <laughs> we have not. done one called "Whiskey Business."
0: Oh, nice! Okay, there you go. I'm sure the other the the pun uh, the pun opportunities are bottomless for that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, that's great! Awesome! Awesome. Uh, And if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at tronologicallyspeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking or send us an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, Shout out to pond5.com. who gave us the sweet music at the beginning and the end. And special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to moviesbyminute.com and see if your favorite movie is there. If it isn't, consider doing one yourself because I've found it to be a very inclusive and encouraging community. Uh thanks again for being here. Uh do you want to come back and do another one?
1: I I suppose I might. Well all right then.
0: Uh do you want to do a little end of line on three? Sure. All right. One, two, three. End of end line. End of line. <laughs>